championship team from UW-Eau Claire. And I got to say, Moog, I was there when they won the championship in Lake Placid. Awesome time. This episode is sponsored by State Farm Insurance, Hertel Law, Raleigh's Coach Club, Riverside Bike and Skate, and Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, which has been committed to the healthcare needs of patients in Western Wisconsin since 1954. The orthopedic surgeons and athletic trainers serve many area schools. Mogi. Hey, this is really cool. I'm sure you guys are all aware of this, but uh, exactly 10 years ago around this time, you were preparing to head back to Eau Claire. And uh, lo and behold, what happens in the spring, you guys bring home uh, the national championship. So um, I'm sure that's hugely in your mind right now. We certainly hope it is. And uh, we're looking forward to having you guys get together a little bit, reminisce, and talk about the old days. So uh, we're going to start with our introductions of the team. I think we should start to our left with the captain. Go ahead, sir. Name is Andrew McCabe. I was uh, a senior on the squad, number 26. Happy to be here. And I'm David Donnellan. I was number 27 on the squad, was a junior at the time in 2013. Ross Anderson. I was a junior forward, or sophomore forward, <laughs> number 28. I'm Rob Andreg. I was number 18, junior defenseman, uh, partnered with David Donnellan. Uh, Nico Kapitanovic, a repeat customer with the breakout <laughs> session. Did you say that? Number 39. <laughs> Next to Nico, you got Jared Williams, number 10, right winger, junior. Uh, Jordan Singer, number 12. I was a senior at the time. Uh, Taylor Ward, number 37. I was a freshman forward at the time. Ethan Nauman, number 21. I was a freshman forward at the time. And Chris Einman, I was a junior at the time, number 25. Great to have these many players all together at one time. And uh, we should note that we are at the Wild Ridge Golf Course uh, celebrating a golf outing for the Center Ice Club Foundation, which uh, helps support the Blue Gold Hockey Team. And we've got all these veterans back for it. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And I'm looking around, and I see every single guy's a hat on. And I'm just wondering if maybe the hairline has <laughs> changed a bit over those 10 years. Oh, Jared, yours isn't that bad. Wow, look at that. That guy's rocking a full head of hair. Oh, Heine, not. <laughs> I feel your pain, buddy. <laughs> so, JC, what about the waistlines on these guys? I know they were primed athletes, just studs going into sports. Coming back to school, what's that look like now? Prime shape again, are they? Well, as soon as you said that, they all suck their gut in. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'll be turning blue in a minute here. All right. Hey, you guys had a dynamic team. Fabulous guys that gel together. Uh, we talked about uh, Andrew being uh, the captain of the team. In the locker room, who were the leaders? Who were the guys that were pumping everybody up? Who's getting this team excited to get on the ice? Andrew? Well... I was one of the captains. Jordan was one of the captains, and Kurt Weston was the other was the other captain of the team. Um, so that was, you know, we had a good leadership group, and obviously we had I don't know we probably had of the twenty five guys in the roster, what sixteen seventeen guys were juniors and seniors, probably give or take. So I mean that was the key to success i think we were together for so many years and we had put in the time and energy in the off season a lot of guys stuck around and worked with bobby thorpe another one of your good sponsors a little team camaraderie there making sure that nico kept us in line so we just I know, we just spent a lot of time together ultimately whether that was in eau claire in the summer eau claire during the season or on water street or whatever we stuck together i think was probably the was the biggest key to that team. So part of that, too, I'm imagining is not only did you know each other really well, but you guys had pretty well-defined roles on that team, too. Everybody knew their role, and you had to play it, and look what happens when everybody understands and plays that role. That was very key. I mean, I think uh started with Brando, right? I mean, there's no way we would have gotten as far as we did thinking to, like, the St. Norbert game in the in the – quarterfinals i mean brando ultimately stole that game and he was unbelievable all year so i mean when you're playing in front of a goalie like that it makes the biggest difference in the world yeah. um but yeah we i think everybody knew the role really well and i don't know 
Singer could put the puck in the net, could always count on him for a couple snipes every game. I mean, we had a great grinding line. What was your line called, Jared? The Bulldogs, you Wags and Devin. You Wags and Mantha in uh, first shift, the goal was just to go out and hit somebody. And I'd hear Nico on the bench hollering. As soon as you run into somebody, Nico's the first guy screaming on the bench and uh, get the energy going for the boys right away. And then just wait for Singer to either put it in the net or make a breakout pass around the glass. <laughs> All or nothing. A lot, a lot of breakout passes, but also a lot of great goals. And uh, it was him and Andrew. And, you know, I would say Mantha, we're, you know, we, we really rely on those guys to put some big goals in the net. And, uh, yeah, it really worked out well. Jordan, you know, being uh, being one of the captains, you know, they're talking about you going high and then ringing around the boards. Uh, and, but they said you did put the puck in the net once in a while. So what was your percentage? Uh, the percentage probably wasn't great, but if you're not shooting, you're not trying. So I'm going to take a couple shots a game at least. And every once in a while they went in. So, yeah. It was... What was your go-to shot? Hi, glove. <laughs> All right. JC, that was his only shot. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Grinders on the team. Who's in the corner? You know, Nico. Nico's hollering from the bench, obviously, because you're going out and hitting somebody. So who are the grinders? Who's in the corner? Who are the third and fourth line guys going in the corner, digging it out, just being the buzzards around the other team? JC, that's because I never made it off the bench. <laughs> Uh, we just tried to it's one of us have the biggest hit of the game right away we actually talked about trying to knock someone out of the game immediately on the first shift so um that was fun but like you guys are saying i think that we had a lot of people that just accepted their roles you got to think that you know, everybody that was on our team was extremely successful in juniors, whether they're in the USHL or North American League, and they scored all the time and stuff. So then now you get to college, you know, you got guys like Singer who scored a ton. And, you know, your role, even if, if for, say, Jared and I scored a ton in juniors, like we had to change our role up and be more, uh, I would say, complementary players to uh, the team instead of being – you know, trying to be a goal scorer because we have that. Okay, how about the how about the jokers? Okay, there's always the guys who, when it gets tense, when it gets everybody's you know squeezing their stick a little bit too tight, maybe who who breaks the ice, who who cuts through that and gets everybody laughing and realizing it's a game. Let's get all cool out there and play it. Not to overdo Nico here, um, <laughs> but obviously he's up at the top of the list. But then we got to bring in John Wagner. John was always uh, the guy cutting the tension in the locker room. Um, coach would say, I think the line that everyone remembers was uh, Loner goes, you know, he comes in the locker room. I don't know if it was pregame or in between periods. And, in between periods. And, and John goes, we're facing a lot of uh, diversity out there. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole locker room looks at each other. And we had to correct his vocabulary a little bit, but after that, the whole the whole locker room's rolling, you know. And we never let John live that down after that. But uh, ten years later, they're still talking about it. He, he was committed to it. He said it multiple times in the locker room. He was dead sure that that was the word that he was using to describe it. And then I think for a while after that, then he knew it was a joke and he let it roll. And he got us, you know, lightened up every time. So John was a big role in that. Nico. Uh, who else, guys? I, I think Heine, when we would be on the bench, uh, just emotionally never never out of character for him to chirp somebody from the bench. Maybe if they got a little too close, put a little water in their glove. Uh, <laughs> tug on the back of somebody's jersey on the ice, but uh, great guy to have around and just, just keep it light, right? Never get too serious, never get too high, too low. Heine, looking at uh, at your stature here, your legs are about half as long as everybody else's. <laughs> did you uh, did you have to skate like you know legs go twice as fast as everybody else to keep up? Because because you did keep up to the play. I'm kind of impressed by that. Yeah, I could get up and down most of the time, um, but yeah, not the best hips going on here. <laughs> a few surgeries there, but uh, could figure it out. Kind of just direct people in those corners and. 
I would always get yelled at by, uh, you know, Coach Thorpe to move my feet a little faster. <laughs> and, you know, at that age, I just kind of looked at him and said, Bob, I can't. if i'm a young hockey player and and i've got the stature similar to yours and i want to play collegiate hockey like you did what are you telling that young kid so it's just going to be a keep your grades up in school because school and and that part does take you a little bit of the way and then in the off season, just put on the put on the uh, the time and in the weight room. I mean, improve upon the things that you're not good at. And I think we could all take a look in our our past and and probably say we could have worked on something a little better and improved that and could maybe made it a little higher. Or, you know, kind of continue that way. But great so, words. So I'm looking at I'm looking at ten guys here, national championship, the Natty Boys, as as Maddie likes to call them. Um, you're from Wisconsin, you're from Minnesota, you're from Michigan, and I'm not sure you may be from other places. So you're all growing up, you all have these ambitions, you, you all play juniors, you want to get into college. How did how did you get to UW-Eau Claire, of all places, and now you're a national champ? How'd that work out? Let's start out with Jordan. Um, <clears throat> I had uh, some junior buddies that came along uh, here and kind of egged me on to get here. I guess you could say so Isaiah and Alex Olson were my roommates in Bismarck and they decided to make the commitment here and I was kind of dragging my feet not knowing where I wanted to go right before uh, I had to decide and I I think ultimately just having some close buddies that committed here that kind of made me want to come. Is there anybody on the squad that didn't play juniors prior to coming to UW-Eau Claire? Not on the team that won. No, I think when we... uh when I say, you know, uh, Caber's class, that was the juniors when Nico and I and Heine and Rob were freshmen. That was kind of the phasing out of guys that came straight to Eau Claire. You know, Matt took over and really started recruiting guys that put the time in the juniors, and we were getting the older freshmen. So, you know, all of us being at least probably 21 when we were freshmen. But, you know, some of those guys that were still around before that, you know, that came right out of high school to Eau Claire – and uh, and that's when things really turned around, and you could tell that the hockey went from one level to the next, right? So it was it was really fun to see. Ross, what was that like for you, jumping from high school to juniors? Could you tell a huge difference? Um, jumping from high school to juniors, I don't think there was well there there was a little bit of an adjustment period just because coming from high school, you know, you're you were playing every game and you were on the power play PK, every, you know, playing every other shift. Then you go to juniors, and I think I was like the first ten games. I got sat for like the first, or like five of the first ten games. I'm like, well, this sucks. Like, uh, why the why the heck am I playing junior hockey? Like, I should be playing like every game. And I don't know. You just have to keep working hard. And I think eventually after that, I think I scored like a game or two after like the first ten games, and you know, kind of went from there. So you just got to, that's going to happen to, you know, a lot of good players that are going to come in and it's just going to be a little bit of an adjustment. They're going to sit a couple games. I know that happened in college too. My freshman year it was came in, there's a lot of good players and you sit a couple games and you just keep working and then you eventually can get in the lineup. So I think that's, that was the biggest adjustment. I think the key that you just said there was you keep working. Yep. You know, that's what separates champions from has-beens or wannabes. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, Every one of you, like say you're you're playing in high school, you're playing all all the time, right? Probably playing yeah. thirty minutes a game, whatever. And all of a sudden, you get to that next level, and oh, that the things I did back then aren't necessarily working for me. So you had to find a different way to get it done, for sure. And I think that's, another thing you have to realize is in high school, like not everybody, not every kid that's playing hockey is like dead set on playing hockey for the rest of their life. Whereas when you get to juniors in college, like those are kids that want to play so you're competing against kids that like are basically you know like they want to play as bad as you do so like you can't expect whereas in high school it's just a completely different ball game so the competition's a lot higher in juniors in college so you just have to kind of realize that and keep working all right we're going to give a couple of shout outs here to our, our sponsors we're going to start out with uh, state farm insurance for all your family's insurance needs See one of the well-qualified Flag Brothers at State Farm Insurance, Jeff in Chippewa Falls, and Ryan in Eau Claire, or Quinn and Rolf, both located in Duluth, Minnesota, who are all hockey fanatics. And to Hertel Law, 
the law firm you want on your side, focusing on criminal defense and personal injury. Harry Hertel has been obtaining results for clients in the Chippewa Valley since 1981. When you need legal help if injured or accused of a crime, call 715-832-4330 for a free in-person consultation. A couple of you guys transferred from D1 schools. I think uh, Cabers, Donnie. Donnie, what was the decision? You're playing D1 hockey. You come back to your hometown of Eau Claire. What was the deciding factor you wanted to come play and be a blue goal? So I was at Western Michigan University, had committed under another coach, had a coaching change my freshman year. Wasn't playing as much as I was expecting to, wanted to. I was uh, landscaping during the summer with Thorpe Landscaping. (laughs) Bring it full circle. And I was with Nico and Andrew. And I was like, you know what? I want to play hockey, have fun with my buddies. And they were having a great time at Eau Claire. Ended up deciding to transfer here, and it was a great decision. Had a great education at Eau Claire. And then on top of it, winning a national championship, playing with all these guys, becoming friends with them, and buddies for life. I mean, certainly happy with it and just wanted to enjoy playing. Knew that I wasn't going to the NHL at that point and, you know, make the most of it while I'm going to school. Nice. You mentioned a, a slew of uh, cast of, of characters, for a lack of better term. And uh, for our audience, these cast of characters actually did the landscaping at my house. And uh, so far, there haven't been any floods or <laughs> so, everything's still holding good, which is which is a positive thing. Andrew, what was your transfer like? Uh, very similar to David. I you know, I I committed to Omaha under a different coach. Um, coaching change happened. Wasn't having a very good experience. Um, really stopped liking playing hockey. You know, you're sitting there watching. It's not fun to watch. Um, and honestly, they basically the the coaches told me that my opportunity was going to be very limited going into the next year because they were going to bring in their own. Sp- slew of recruits and so same thing with david um bob called me like on my drive home from omaha and said hey might as well come to the rink tomorrow i think you should be a blue gold and i had talked to a couple other schools but ultimately just like david i mean i was looking for something uh just uh, being close to home was cool um obviously i knew a few of the guys that were on the squad and it ultimately it ended up being an unbelievable decision and started to love hockey again. Obviously, ended up uh, making some very good friends, and the rest is history. So it, no it, it couldn't have worked out any better. No, no regrets. No, absolutely not. Rob, let's talk about you for a second. What was it like for you jumping from juniors to college? Did you see a significant difference in the pace of the game? Um. Yeah, the I mean the pace wasn't a big thing. I um, was always a, a good skater and and had uh, a, a good amount of speed. I think the biggest thing was just learning to accept your role. Um, like like Jared uh, or Nico said before, it's it's just about accepting your role. And and like they mentioned, I I played for a team that was not very good uh, my last year of juniors, and uh, was expected to have a really big role. And and kind of like Ross said, you you're playing a lot, you're playing in every situation. So the adjustment really comes into, uh, I think finding, you know, how are you going to fit yourself into the lineup, uh, to stay in the lineup and, you know, listening to the coaches and working with them on, Hey, how do I need to improve my game to make sure I'm staying in the lineup? And how do you see my role fitting in here? Uh, and really, you know, going out and doing what's asked of you was, was the biggest adjustment. So work, 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 yeah. and don't stop. Yeah, and I would say be in coachability. That's a big thing I know for probably all of us going from high school to juniors and juniors to colleges. You can have the greatest talent in the world, but if you're kind of a you know a pain in the neck to the coach because you go your own way, you're never going to get a lot of playing time. Um, so really being able to listen to the coaches and, and showing that you're willing to make an improvement on what they're telling you. So let's talk about coaches. I've heard you bring up Thorpey a whole bunch of times maybe more for his landscaping prowess than for his coaching prowess. But <clears throat> so I understand you had Matt Lowen, you had Bob Thorpe and you had Eric Strand. So what did they all bring to the table and how did they help you get to be the cohesive unit that you developed into? 
Um, I mean, I, obviously, everyone brought their own element to that, right? Thorpey was kind of the the enforcer where I'd come to the bench after a bad shift, and he was the first guy to be yelling at me. And, you know, Loner, maybe not so much where he's not going to be screaming at you. But, uh, you know, then you come to practice with Loner, and he's more out there, and he wants you to get the, the skill going, right? And and then Strand is kind of the the medium between those guys where he's bringing all the guys together. You could talk to him about anything, and uh, you know he was running the he was running the D at the time. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he had the D really well lined up. And then Matt, with being you know how skilled he was when he played, he was really good at putting us together on the right lines and getting the right guys together to make us be successful as possible. And and that was fun to see because if things were working out, he would jockey guys around, and you know the lines would be jiving the next day. So it was uh, it was really fun to see him moving guys around and knowing what they brought to the table to uh to get the best results i think another thing to add about that is i think they all all three of them did a good job of realizing the leadership on the team and kind of as far as like that came along like off the ice like they didn't they didn't like try and like you know like put strict rules on that because they knew like the 10 seniors that they had were all good leaders and that those 10 seniors are basically you know going to take everything into their own hands and I think that's one thing that really like especially any other team that I've ever been on is just like they just the leadership across the board was was very good it wasn't just the captains it was it was all the seniors juniors it was everyone kept like kept people accountable so that was a big thing yeah, well as we talk about leadership the captain just brought in a cooler of adult beverages for the guy so there's leadership skills still (laughs) several years later that's awesome we haven't heard from the underclassmen over here at at all and and i know that playing time was (laughs) ouch they're giving them crap (laughs) that's right um still Wow. I don't know. The microphones probably aren't close enough to hear all of the stuff that's being said. Maybe that's yeah, good. some but, good chirps coming out, I'll tell you. But for the underclassmen over here, you guys probably weren't getting a whole lot of ice time you know, during the course of the season. But what was it like being on the bench with these guys? Were they pointing out anything to you guys? Were, were, they, were they embracing you, or were they just giving you crap like they are now? Taylor. I uh, know it's uh, it's still the same even from back then. We're, we're all the same locker room. Like every time we get back together, it's being it's going right back to that same locker room we were all in. So that's just how it feels when we're all together. But uh, no, it was um, it was a cool year. Like going like you guys have all said already. Like that that team was ready to go from the, from the start. They didn't you know need a lot of different tools to the to the whole thing. It was basically ready to go. But we were there to support and push guys in practice and work hard. Um, during those hours so that they were ready for the games and, and ready for, to uh, perform at their best. And that was our, that was our job. Um, and I had no problem with it because it was fun watching those guys do what they do. Ethan? Um, I agree with that. Uh, the main thing I took away from it was um, coming in as a freshman, I'm sure Taylor feels the same way, but we really didn't know what to expect too much. Um, we didn't know many guys on the team. I think I knew three guys on the team coming in as a freshman. And just coming in and seeing how well the team gelled together and what a team actually was, it was pretty cool to see. Um, I tell a lot of people all the time that was the most cohesive, skilled, best team that I've ever been a part of. So it's really cool just to be a part of it. For you two, what was it that Coach Lowen or Coach Thorpe brought to the table that got you guys to come to UW-Eau Claire? Well, Lone talked about the team first. Like that was for me. Like when he when you said, you know, this is this isn't about you. It's about the team. When you're talking about hockey at Eau Claire, obviously the, the personal side of it is the the academic part. But when you're talking about hockey with Lone, it was the team first uh, aspect that really was like, okay, that's you know something you want to be a part of. And when you talk about that, not more of like, well, I see you going on the power play. I see you doing this or that. He just said, I want you to be a part of this team. And 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 um. That was for me like the biggest thing, I guess. So you guys are all good buddies. You're you're all close and friends, of course, and and teammates. What were practices like? How did you how did you keep that level of intensity up 
and with the understanding, hey, I'm doing this to you right now in practice because that's what I'd have to do to the other guy in a game. It's not personal, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. What was it? Mondays we did small games? Yeah. Mondays was fun practice day. Unless we had a terrible weekend. Which got better throughout our throughout our career. We had a we had a, a lot more fun on Mondays our junior and senior year than freshman and sophomore year. Yeah, and you know when it comes to competitiveness in practice, as soon as John would run into me, and the guy's about five six, <laughs> and he weighs one hundred ninety five pounds <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so you run into this tree stump, and you, you get pissed off right away, right? And after that, it's like, I'm going to go hit somebody as hard as I can because I just ran into this wall, John. And, uh, you know, a good example, me and Travis Peck's camp, he played right wing. He was a senior. I was a junior the year we won. And it was kind of – we were jockeying and out of the lineup against each other, right? We're, we're, we sat next to each other in the locker room, but we're best friends. And um, But if he was in the lineup, I probably wasn't. But in practice, I was trying to bury him. And, and he did the same thing to me. And you know what? That's what needed to be done to try to get back in the lineup. And you know what? If I got scratched for him, so be it. And it was vice versa. So we had a good thing going on. I think everyone that was kind of in and out of the lineup felt that way where, hey, I, when we're done here, we're best friends. But I'm going to try to bury you through this glass and try to get in the lineup on Friday night. So it was uh, practices were actually very fun. Yeah, we had a lot of good – I mean, we had a lot of good hockey players that were – sitting in the stands on a routine basis. So, like you said, it was very intense and nobody took their spot for granted. And whether it was power play, penalty kill, you know, juggling up and down the lineup, you knew that you had to be prepared and ready to go every single day. And I think everybody was. That was just the maturity that we had as a group. I mean, like, I don't remember who said it, but obviously coming into college, most of us were veterans 20 21 years old coming to school so you're you're a lot more ready for you know for school and juggling school and hockey and work and all those other things and it was uh it was a good group as you look back on your season was there a particular team that when you stepped on the ice you knew it was going to be a battle you know, you talk about the I ninety four battle with Stout, but you've also got Saint Norbert. Oh, <laughs> we got we got a we got a, a, a wrist throw like ah, oh, that's nothing. Jared said nah. All right, who was who was your toughest battle that year? Saint Norbert for sure. I think we played Saint Norbert that year five times, didn't we? And I think that was the first and probably only time in UW Claire's history that we went I think we went three one and one that year against them and prior to that I I don't think they'd ever beat them more than one time in a season for sure. Um so that was definitely our our main rival that particular season. So what point during that magical 2012-2013 season did you guys really come to the realization that uh Hey, we we got something special going on here. This this could really this could be something really cool. Probably after we beat or we beat and tied Norberts at Norberts, right? Like in the fall, probably. Yeah, we were hot. I yeah, think we had lost yet. Yeah, we were we were hot out of the gate. Yeah, I think we had nine or ten wins in a row, and then we knew we had to go to Norberts, and that was kind of you know that proverbial date circled on the calendar. Uh, and we went there. And did we beat him the first night, or we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we beat him the Look first we, night. Yeah. Then they got a late goal the second night and tied. But that was kind of one of those things where you know they were the two-time defending national champions, and they were—I mean—they were cocky as hell. Mm-hmm. The, obviously, you guys mentioned the the Frozen Four being in Lake Placid that year, and their come-out song was "Back in the New York Groove," and I think that just got everybody fired up and. Um, once that weekend happened, I think, you know, you saw that there was a chink in the armor. And it was like, yeah, we, we, we own these guys. And I think we can have something really special here for the rest of the year. That's pretty cool. That's that is pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah, I think our only loss to them was the, the Peter's Cup championship game, which was, I mean, we were so fired up for that game because the place was just absolutely packed to the rafters. And we didn't know if that was going to be our last home game. And then we laid an egg and we lose like three rip or something. Yeah. Yeah. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm pretty sure in the coaches poll, we we're, we're projected to finish like fifth in our conference and we won the national championship. So 
for all those St. Norbert people that are going to listen to this podcast, we're not pumping your tires because we did win it that year. Just <laughs> Let's get this back to the Eau Claire Blue Gold and quit talking about St. Norbert. a boy, Nico. <laughs> Gotta reel it in sometime. And on that note, we're going to give a shout-out to a couple of our sponsors. Riverside Bike and Skate, Eau Claire's Hockey Headquarters, which is the oldest hockey store in the state of Wisconsin. Buy hockey gear from the people that play and know the game. Riverside Bike and Skate and Raleigh's Coach Club in Altoona, Wisconsin, located across the street from the Altoona Ice Center on Spooner Avenue, has been a staple in the Altoona community for decades, providing support and sponsorship for youth and adult sports. Raleigh's has your favorite beverage ready and your favorite team on the screen. And go ahead, Moog. So uh, you guys talk about Norbert's being your, your big-time nemesis in the conference. I'm sorry, Nico, all right? But I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Don't, all right, all right, be, all right. Be patient. All right, I'll, I'll all right, so was there any particular individual? Was there a goalie that just stonewalled you guys just time and time again? Or was there another player on a team that you couldn't stop? Or was there a guy that was just a burr under your saddle? Anybody in particular you want to shout out, except for St. Norbert's players? Okay, we got to pick that up on the microphone. Different team, but I, I think St. Norbert's, they were just so well-rounded that it was it was not one specific guy. It was That team was just, they were good. and But they lost. Uh, they were just very well-rounded, right? And they, they did not have many weaknesses. They had four solid lines. But, uh, no, Rob brought up another team. It was the pointers where I feel like we always had trouble with the pointers. If we were playing in Stevens Point, it was always a tough team to play. That's a tough barn to play in. And, uh, yeah, there was this little guy on their team, Johnny Mio. I think he was their captain. He was, And he was just, you said, thorn in your side or whatever else we want to call this guy. But, man, was he a pain in the butt. And uh, But, no, I don't think I had St. Norbert's. But there was always that one guy on pretty much every team. Point just had this ability – Point just had this ability to seem like they can have a collection of like pick one person, especially with all a lot of us coming from the North American League, like pick one guy you didn't like from your division in juniors, and somehow they all ended up at Stevens Point. So I think that's one that's one of the reasons we we actually had some trouble with them. I think everybody had like a personal axe to grind with like one or two people on their team. So we knew we were always the better team, but it was like I got to put that guy through the glass tonight, or I'm gonna I'm gonna put him into our bench so somebody can break his stick before he comes back on the ice. <laughs> and a lot of those guys, uh, when they move to college, you can't fight anymore, so they could take the extra jab at you, and they could do those things in college that they couldn't get away with in junior. So, to, to Rob's point, there you got a little bit of an axe to grind, and you might retaliate, or you might chop them extra hard in the back, or <laughs> whatever so, you got to do to get their attention. Were you tough in juniors, Heine? Yeah, I, I did okay. <laughs> I, I got I got slew footed by Chris in in uh, juniors a couple times. Oh, he was really, so there was rivalries amongst these uh, team members that are here now in juniors. I would say so. Yep. Uh, Chris was in Traverse City, and I was in um, the Alpina Ice Alpina <laughs> I remember I was ready to tap tap a rebound in. I mean, I'm I'm my eyes are wide open. All of a sudden, I'm looking at the ceiling, <laughs> and here's Chris kicking the back of my legs out, and I'm looking at the ceiling. I go, oh, man, that was fun. <laughs> Didn't get a penalty and made the breakout pass. So. <laughs> yeah, he's not denying it either, folks. Yeah, Singer would slash every single human in juniors that playing every time. And then it, it, he continued to do it in practice. And I'm I'm here. I'm just like, Singer, I'm just trying to make the lineup for the weekend. Like, you can quit just slashing me like you're – Best player on our team, just relax, just psycho. <laughs> I guess that's why I made him so good, too. Yeah. There you go. Steel you brought sharp. out the best in him, Nico. Yeah. Steel sharp and steel, Nico. That's yeah, right. that's what you were doing yeah. out there, I don't know buddy. If I was steel. But. <laughs> so, who was that guy on the on the Blue Golds team that you guys would have hated to play against on the other team, but you loved having him on your team? Drew Darwitz. Oh, yeah. I, I'd say Drew Darwitz, uh, not only was his mouth rolling probably 24-7, he was probably the smallest guy on our team, and uh, he was always whacking with the stick. He was always – his mouth was rolling. And I'd say a close second is Chris Heineman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark Puston, 
Yeah, he, he, his mouth was going, but but he, I guess he'd back it up with swan balls, right? Yeah. With Heineman, he'd, he'd hit you with the stick, and uh, same with Darwitz. But, uh, yeah, I'd say Darwitz and Heineman, top two. Well, at least you got recognized Heine, for Heineman. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Imagine being roommates with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Any PG stories you can tell about that? I don't think there's one PG story. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. We had a little bit of fun, JC, in that house. It was a pretty good time. <laughs> All right. And then upstairs lived Andrew McCabe, Rob, and then Brian Nearing. So. Quite the crew nearby. All right. <laughs> All right. Playoffs going to the Frozen Four. You mentioned that when you got the chink in the armor with uh, St. Norbert's. You felt that the momentum was going to be there. You're in the playoffs. Was there any doubt in your mind, any point, that you guys didn't feel like you could make it? That we're on the road to Lake Placid. Any, oh, anybody? Everybody's shaking their head no. How about a comment? I don't think so. Yeah. I think the most tense moment was because obviously with the old NCHA uh, losing in the whatever the cup finals was called, St. Norbert got the AQ. Yeah. So we felt like we had the body of work that we should get in. Um, but we always knew that they favored the East. And so I think the most tense moment was probably finding out whether or not we were going to get that at-large bid to be that extra team in. Um, especially when you roll down, like, the travel restrictions and stuff the NCAA placed on it. And we knew Adrian had gotten in. We knew Norbert's was in. So it all depended on how were they going to line up that travel uh, restriction. And so I think once we got in, we had played St. John and beat them earlier in the year, and we knew that was going to be our first-round opponent. And I think the confidence level from there was like, hey, we you know, we played in Adrian the previous two years um, in their tournament and played teams from the East Coast, and we, we knew we had the team that could beat them because we had won that two times in a row. So once, once that bid dropped and we knew we were in, I think the confidence level of the team was pretty high. Mm-hmm. Andrew, anything to add to that? No, I totally agree. I mean, even getting that home game against St. John's, I think, was huge. I mean, we that was the best part about that season, in my mind, was just the support and enthusiasm we had from all the fans and students and community that year. I mean, I think it, we rallied from two down that game. Yeah, we were we were down. We were we were behind in pretty much every. I don't think we were behind in the St. Norbert's game in the quarterfinals, but every other game for that entire tournament, we were we were down. Yeah, and we came back from at least a goal or two down in every game. And yeah, it was just <clears throat> that's how we that's how we played all year. I mean, we just knew that we had the team to do it. We knew we had the goaltending. We knew that we had the scoring punch, and we just figured out ways. We never PMA. We just never got down. That was like that was the mantra, positive mental attitude. I like it. The uh, the final buzzer hits. You win the game that sends you to the Frozen Four. Obviously, the celebration is is great, but now you got to focus on that trip out to Lake Placid, and talk about a movie in itself: planes, trains, and automobiles for you guys to get there. Um, I don't know how many different flights or connections you guys had to make, but it was. For me to get out there was just a strange deal in itself. <laughs> I think we ended up taking a, a, a some sort of boat to some island, and yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, what was that like? What was the trip like? What, what's it like on the bus, the plane? What's the attitude going on, Jordan? Yeah, I think. I mean, a lot of it. I think it's just fun being with the guys, just having the experience. I mean, it just made it easy. It's just more camaraderie with the guys. It's, keepers keep building that team atmosphere and i think that's just what got us through all the way to the end we were just a team whatever obstacle we face getting out there like we did it together and i just feel like just that that whole experience this is why not make it tougher on us because that's our whole year was like people doubted us so it's just we had to play the extra game to get out there we had to do the extra travel to get to lake placid i mean i just feel like that was just their whole mantra the whole year we made things were tough on us but we battled through all of it the uh, the unfortunate part for me is we had the uh, the flights were alphabetical order, so and obviously Capitonic with a K. I, I had to sit right next to Scott Kilgallen, <laughs> our, our athletic director, the entire time, and like I'm. All these guys are just having a good time and telling stories, and I'm with the 
athletic director. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the last guy to probably be sitting by the athletic director. And now it's, now it's me. Yeah, right next to him. Oh, yeah. but you know what? You you fit the part, though, Nico. You could you could handle the athletic director. You were probably as professional as the day is long, and you know. <laughs> yeah, if he asked to get up to go to the bathroom one more time, we were gonna about to have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, you guys now get to Lake Placid. <laughs> And keeping in mind that this rink is, is fairly old, 1980 gold medal winning Olympic team from USA is there. And the locker rooms have not been renovated very much, but you guys nonetheless still get the locker room where the 80 U.S. Olympic team uh, had their locker room. What, what was that like for you guys? Any history there? Anything that you felt, you know? So, so we didn't know that going into it. When we sat in that locker room, we had no idea that that was the actual locker room. That came to light afterwards, you know, when we were taking it all in, being on the ice. So, you know, we were just, again, being prepared, being together, and just going about our business the way we would. I mean, prepare for anything. So nothing that was really, you know, emotional too high. But So from that aspect. Okay, Rob? Yeah, I think to Heidi's point, it, it ended up being a little uh... – a little serendipitous, but I think it also, I mean, the fact that we were in there, but in the fact that if, you know, you go back and watch any of the games or you listen to the broadcast, like they were, they were dogging us from the start when we got out there, we knew what the team was that we had. Um, and I think a few people were watching the games beforehand and just thinking about the complete game and the complete team that we had. And we were watching these East coast teams kind of just run and gun. I think the game before us was like an eight to five you know, semifinal game and them just talking about like, oh, Eau Claire's not played on Olympic ice. They're not going to be able to keep up. And I think for us, that just gave us um, a, a, a lot of, um, you know, um, a lot a lot of extra motivation to go after and be like, no, 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 we're a complete team. We can skate with anybody uh, in this tournament. And after watching that previous semifinal game, we felt pretty confident that we had a, a game plan in the squad that would be able to, you know, overcome that underdog moniker, similar to what you guys are talking about with the 80 Olympic team. Donnie, what was that like for you? You've been awful quiet over there with a big smile on your face. Just, uh, were you like that in the locker room too? Yes. Uh, yeah, somewhat. I didn't say too much. Just tried to, uh, play my role and lead by example. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience when I think about it. When we first got out there, we had a banquet that night the whole highlight reel, we were watching these East Coast teams, pack barn, toe drag, bar down, gets to ours. And I don't know if it was Gordo who did this, Eric Strand, or the committee, but ours was us skating on the ice, lining up for the national anthem. From that point, we were like watching. It was five minutes of watching this on repeat. It was like, all right, are they just making fun of us being out here or what? So then... Once we uh, got to our first game, it was, you know, we knew what we were going to do out there, and our goal was to win, and I think everybody was just on the same page. Everybody's talked about the cohesive team that we had playing your role, and it was just heightened to we have a national championship on the line, and we know what we need to do, and we're going to do it. And you did it. And we did it. You know, the, the championship game, you guys are down. All of a sudden, from the aspect from the stands, it's like a rocket was up your butt and things changed. What was the dynamic on the bench to change how the game was played? Or were you guys just thinking, we just got to keep playing our game? Nico? No, I'm going to pass this to Jared. I was in the stands with you, Jason. And that is a veteran who's been on the podcast. <laughs> he was ready. For- <laughs> he was ready. He got a big spot. <laughs> you know what? It was. Uh, I don't think anyone was worried. We went down to nothing, and we outplayed him in the time that we went down to nothing. So we were we were outplaying him. We were we were buzzing, and all of a sudden we had a couple bad bounces, and we go down to nothing. You know, it would have been different if that first, I don't know what the timetable was that we were down 2 nothing, maybe half a period, right? So 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, if we were down 2 nothing and we weren't playing well, then maybe the, the bench would have been starting to get a little worried. 
but we were playing good. We got a couple bad bounces, and all of a sudden we're down two nothing. And you know, then we we get back to two one. Tied before the period. Did we go up at the end, or was it tied? I think it was tied. So yeah, 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 yeah. So we get back to even ground, and I don't think anyone got worried because we were playing so well that we knew the bounces would eventually come our way, and and guys would start doing what they normally do. You scored, right? Singer scored a goal. No breakout pass. You scored. So you know, we everyone started. You know, got comfortable and got in their roles and did what they were supposed to do. I would say that I had a great vantage point watching the game, but uh, I would say the, the the difference is if you look at our makeup of our team compared to the teams that are out there, is I would say we have a lot of blue collar guys on our team. You know, we all came with the exception of like Donnie, superstar USHL guy. Um, you know, we all played in the North American League, and you know, in that league, you just. You you get on a bus that you you don't pick at the hotel. You got four guys to a room, whatever the coach says. You're eating dinner for like that's just what you're eating. You know you just you may have a a pizza from what whatever place and Golden Corral right and and so we had you know and then just growing up most of us are Midwest guys and stuff like that. So I think we just had a different uh, mentality in, in general. Not even hockey wise but life wise as as people so i don't think there was ever panic in the group ever i couldn't say for sure i wasn't on the bench but uh like judging body language you know i wasn't i wasn't worried it didn't look like anybody else was and we were super confident we're we're a confident group of guys uh that who you know work was probably our biggest strength and we you know, nobody gave us credit, so that nothing was, I guess, a surprise for the team the entire season. So, guys, as you're growing up, you're you know you're a youth player. You get into high school, you play, you go to go to juniors, and then get to college. So, anybody have any particular mentor or coach or anybody who just had a significant impact in where you ended up in your life as a hockey player or where you are in your life right now? I would I would say actually. Uh, a reason why I came here in kind of full circle is uh, Ward's dad uh, was a uh, Troy Ward was a big reason why I, I chose Eau Claire. Obviously like, you know, some of the other guys alluded to that, you know, you had, you had teammates and juniors that played here and stuff like that. But um, Taylor was my rookie in, in juniors. Uh, so, and I still call him Rook and he calls me vet every time I, uh, he <laughs> called me, but um so I knew him, and then he, he's, you know, as I was deciding where I wanted to go to school, uh, he's like, you should call my dad, you know. And so um, he definitely had a big reason why I, I'm, I'm here uh, today, at o- or I was at Eau Claire. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of full circle, I guess, with, with Ward down there. Let's go back to the championship game real quick. The buzzer goes off. You guys are now national champions. I love how at the end of the game, you guys are all climbing the boards, uh, looking at the fans and cheering. But what's the elation? What's the butterflies? What's going through your minds when you finally won that national championship? You know, let's start over here, Jordan. I think it's pretty surreal. I mean, just all the ups and downs we had during that year. I mean, for me, uh, being a senior, that was by far the best year we've had at Eau Claire. And, you know, we've always been a 500 team or below 500 team. So having, you know, we kind of had a national presence all year long being ranked, uh, you know, in the top 15, top 10. So that was the first time for us doing that at Eau Claire and have it actually, you know, end the way it did being national championships is pretty, national champions for us, pretty surreal. Anybody else want to add to that? I'd like to hear Donnie's comment because it's going to be probably pretty educated. <laughs> All right, Donnie. No, no pressure. I think Jordan hit it on the head, but it was surreal. It's like everything that we worked for as a group came to fruition in that moment, and you're like, "All right, we did it." And then you're just thankful for everybody who came and supported you the whole year, and to do it with your buddies is is awesome. Did you guys talk about it at all? Going into that season, hey, look what we got. You know, this could be something special. I don't think we really talked about it. I think it was more so 
we knew that we were working towards that and we had the right pieces of the puzzle to make it happen but kind of unspoken um, then yeah unspoken and we just knew that let's let's do the right things every day throughout the season and see what happens at the end and and it happened i mean we didn't have we didn't have any fancy off-season trainers we didn't have an off-season program i mean we literally you were our off-season yeah right we we came together as a group we would go to the football field you know two or three times a week and we would work out together in the fall right when school started i mean we didn't have they're they're spoiled now i mean they have all kinds of stuff now that we never had so we had we took it upon ourselves to make sure that we were ready for the season and i mean even thinking back to that year before like we had pretty much the exact same team we just had brutal results we just didn't win hockey games but we had a lot of familiarity with each other and we just put it together but we picked up randy yeah we did pick up randy because i think how many freshmen were that year well, I was a freshman. I came in a sophomore. Oh, you were a sophomore. sophomore. So that sophomore class, though, was small. Yeah, I was a sophomore. I I came in with one other freshman who who only made it through one one year of college, Andrew Martin. Uh, you guys are boys. The funny thing is I think I was the only 20-year-old my freshman year on the team. So I think I always had to, like, like I remember Travis Peck's camp would, like, always go up and just, like, hug the the bouncer at the bars and then i just kind of like try and sneak in but no it i i think i think the year we won it we brought in yeah didn't we bring in like mantha and callahan though and puston those are the three we brought in no i don't think puston or devin was All right, for our listeners, yeah. we're debating on who uh, who was brought in. <laughs> yeah. For those that can't pick it up on the microphone right now. But anyways, yeah, it was a very similar team. It was just, I don't know, I guess just another year of gelling. And coming from someone that, like, and I think Nauman and Wardle could probably, like, say the same thing, but I, playing two years after, like, you could kind of tell, like, it just, the team wasn't the same. Like, when we lost, like, the the seniors and juniors, like, so like my junior and senior year, we were good. We had a lot of like skill, but I just don't think we had that like thing that could get us over the edge um, to like win another national championship. Like we may have had a little bit like, you know, more like, I guess like individual skill guys after that. Cause after you win a national championship, you get a lot of, a lot of good recruits just wanting to come. But I don't know, to this day, it's just, you can just feel the difference of what this team had and like, still when you're like around them right now it's you can just tell it's it's just different i don't know it's hard to explain so i think that's something that's cool and that's that's something that really i think was one of the reasons we ended up winning it so you know pete we'll go ahead and you go i was gonna say sorry jc but i was gonna say to randy's point uh it's we're obviously so well connected and whether we won the national championship that year or not, I, I would still think that this group would be really well connected. However, when you explain it to to people, as Randy said, like it's hard to really, you know, explain. It's it's hard for people, I think, to grasp what a special uh, thing it was for to win a national championship with this group because those people you're talking to most likely haven't done that. And um, I know for my sake, when explaining it to people, I feel like people just really don't, don't get it of this bond that you have with these guys that we all obviously have jobs and we're all over the place in the country and not we, but yet we come back here uh, to go to this golf outing and we're in on this podcast right now. And I, I think that, that alone will probably tell you what the character like was of our hockey team of why we were so successful that year, if that makes sense. And as we go further on into life, you know, as we all kind of got married or are getting married or in the process of it, and I can look around the table, everybody was at my wedding, you know, we were all at each other's wedding and that bond just continues to get 
stronger. I mean, I talked to Rob more than I talked to my parents, quite honestly. Granted, granted Rob can talk for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, Rob can talk. I have, Rob can I talk. have, just, as, I have <laughs> just as much to say back, though, which is the coolest part. So. And uh, we kind of hold Caber accountable, too, to make sure he answers his phone. We do the you know wellness checks, so... You know, wanted to make sure he's still okay. Well, so he doesn't answer the phone for you guys either. Yeah, yeah he's, okay. he's, he's getting better now. He's a busy man. Yeah, he is. You know, I want to share two uh, two experiences that I had out there. And first of all, I want to thank uh, Donnie and and Cabers and and Isaiah. And I don't remember which one of the three of you it was that saw me in the stands and invited me down onto the ice after the after the ceremony and and got my picture taken with the three of you guys. And I appreciated that that I was your referee through uh, youth and high school years. And, and even though I threw you in the box, you were, you were kind enough to let me get down on the ice with you. And then the other one is, is with Donnie's uh, dad. Uh, I apologize to the bar we celebrated at because we bought him out of hockey pops that night. And uh, I don't think they had ever seen a crew quite like that come in. So obviously Eau Claire was well represented and, and we had a good evening. But uh, no, that, that was fun. Uh, now, you know, looking at, at a couple of things here, and I want, I want to shoot this out to Andrew. We, we had your brother on uh, a while back who, who is a NHL player and, and, uh, in a heck of a player in his own right for the Chicago Blackhawks. But you have a one up on him right here. You've got a national championship ring, uh, something he doesn't have. Would you like to just give a little jab right now? Uh, you know, a little shout out on that? Oh, I, I already took care of that at his wedding. That was part of my best man speech. I took a jab at him and all of, all of the wedding party. But I mean, that was, I mean, my brother spent a lot of time with this group too. So, I mean, he was obviously very excited and pulling for us. And I remember him sending us a picture. They had, I think they were in the playoffs at that point in time, and they had come up to watch one of our games, I think the St. John's game, and bought him and Rumps. Yeah, Rump, Rumpel took a, a Greyhound bus, actually, up from <laughs> Division One starting goalie for the Wisconsin Badgers. I think Jacob's roommate would take a Greyhound bus from Eau Claire, or Madison up to Eau Claire to watch a Blue Bowl game. Yeah. Wow. And they, they bought, like, you know, I think we won the conference championship, so they bought conference championship shirts when they were at that game, and they sent us a picture. They were out in Madison somewhere, and they had crossed out the conference and wrote national champions on it. And I know that they had mentioned that at the Badger game that night, they had announced over the Jumbotron that we had won that game. And, you know, we got a standing ovation and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was kind of cool to have that interaction. And obviously, it was kind of weird being in college at the same time as my brother, who's six years younger than me. <laughs> um, but we, we had... We had a good time, and we gave Jacob a few memories on Water Street. So. Oh, he had mentioned that, that you guys were uh, let him astray once or yes, twice. Yeah, I didn't go into detail, but uh, you can only imagine what happened down there. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I know that some of you, Nico in particular, are still involved in hockey to some degree. Uh, other than Nico, who else here is, is still passing on a little bit of their traditions and their abilities? Taylor. Yeah, I work at a place called Map South Hockey in um, Mendota Heights, Minnesota. It's a, it's a training facility for all kids, 13-year-olds 13, 13 all the way through college-age kids, um, different tiers for age, each age group. So um, I'm training on ice and off ice um, five days a week there with kids. And then um, we've got a AAA program that we run out of that as well. So there's a AAA team that I coach in the fall. Um, that we go to USHL showcase, North American League showcase, uh, stuff like that, and then um, we do this thing. I, I started at Map called Map Academy, so it's just more of like the mindset and um, mind sort of teaching and and stuff like that, or, or the mind mental side of hockey. Uh, so yeah, you got a website or, or a contact information you give a shout out to if anybody's interested? Yeah, MapSouthHockey.com really pretty simple uh that and uh hockey and sons as well hockey and sons or hockey and daughters.com got a camp that we run this summer as well fantastic anybody else nico you got a new job as a ceo of some company is that something you made up or yeah ceo of a sim simple game uh but yeah that's just kind of a an inside joke that uh well i guess now it's an outside joke because i say it everywhere but um 
It's it started just because you know when players I coach, I've been super fortunate that I I've never coached a bad hockey team since I've been in Minnesota. So um, when these guys commit, like I just say simple game, and that's kind of like a life mantra too. Just things are you know a lot easier than you make it out to be. Hockey can be a little easier game than you make it out to be. Everybody kind of starts overthinking things in life and hockey in general. Fantastic. Guys, uh, we're about ready to wrap it up. Any any parting comments that anybody wants to, to give or any shout-outs to anybody before we sign off here? Andrew? I mean, I, I think it's cool, and I think everybody around the table would agree. I mean, it's just – I think it's a, a strong – testament to this group in how successful everybody has been in life i mean after we graduated from eau claire i mean i think we all got a great education obviously have got some lifelong brothers but everybody is doing very well right now um and i think that just shows you know how strong friendship is how strong our character is um and it's just it's a great group of guys i mean we get together every year here we're looking forward to our 10 year anniversary next year um (laughs) and we'll see we'll see what comes of that but it's ultimately uh love you guys i think this is an awesome group and looking forward to uh the years to come we love you too caber i I think to go for everybody i think everybody here we all love each other we're all such good friends and and they'll never never stop i would say it's only growing at this point as we get to see uh you know people are having kids and now we get to be quote unquote uncles if you will for these kids and stuff and watching them grow up it's it's pretty it's it's getting a little deeper than just water street now and and hockey (laughs) but but we still but we still get to keep the water street in our lives because our wives aren't here and (laughs) they'll let us behave All right, gentlemen, this has been fantastic. Mogi? Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, I wasn't a part of that when when it was all happening. Unfortunately for me, I was working in a little town that didn't have hockey, and I wasn't involved. But uh, gotten to know a couple of you um, throughout the years and played against a couple of you guys. And, uh, you know, I remember a couple of years ago playing with Heine and the boys on Wednesday nights, and I don't know how he past me the way he did with those little legs churning but kind of kind of it kind of looked like uh remember back in the old days with cartoons when the when the wheels would spin is amazing but uh but uh, but i thank you for coming today and sharing your stories with us and just uh it's fun watching you interact with each other you can tell how much you mean to each other and uh appreciate your time today thank you guys yeah appreciate it thanks guys thank you thank you guys All right, again, thank you to our featured guests, members of the 2013 National Championship team from UW-Eau Claire. And a huge thank you to our audience. Special thank you to our sponsors, State Farm Insurance, Hertel Law, Raleigh's Coach Club, Riverside Bike and Skate, and Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter and visit us on our website at thebreakoutsessions.com. And as always, until our next episode, remember, stay on your inside edges.
catch our breath.